Chapter 16 of Cats by the Way by Sarah E. Trueblood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Benny. And what shall I say of him, the dearest love of my heart, the cat who has been and is so much to me? He and his brother came to us in their babyhood, two yellow balls in a grape basket, one with pink about his neck and the other with blue. Ben was named for the giver, and the other we christened Buff. On the basket was for Marion and Florence, two little cousins who lived side by side, but Florence was at the shore for the summer, so both kittens stayed with us. When Florence returned, Buff, who was her share, was the only one of the pair who inclined to go next door. It seemed almost as though he knew that he had the special right, and although he never made his home there, he was a frequent visitor. As the kittens grew, there came a change upon them. As near alike as pins in the first place, Ben soon developed into a broad-faced, high-tailed, robust cat. His fur became almost white about the mouth and on neck and breast. His nose was the daintiest pink, and he had as winning and intelligent an expression as ever rested upon the countenance of a cat. Buff had a peaked face, and was not so fair as his brother. His back curved up a trifle, and his tail drooped. The expression of face and figure being rather melancholy, lacked entirely the free, independent air of Benjamin. Nor was his disposition so affectionate or pleasing, although he was not afraid of strangers, as was Ben. And for that reason, they who came to the house sometimes preferred Buff. We loved them both, of course, and the little girls would deck them in white caps and long baby dresses and have great fun. The kittens did not seriously object to this, and would sometimes go sound asleep in their baby attire. But all too soon there came a separation. Poor Buff met with a serious accident. He came to us one morn with his right front leg and foot badly crushed. Our hearts bled for him, and we did what we could. For days we nursed him, but he ate little and showed no signs of improvement. He must have suffered, but was quiet and patient to the last, and we loved him better in those days than we had ever done. His little image still comes up before me as he sat with patient, downcast face, holding up the maimed limb. We finally thought it better to give him rest, a few inhalations of the overpowering drug, and he settled down into a pussy-like attitude with his poor, sore foot completely hidden, and soon all was over. He had his little funeral, and looked so peaceful in his soft-lined box with roses and honeysuckle beside him. The grass is now green upon the tiny mound beneath the low-limbed pear-tree. The fragrant petals flutter down and dotted o'er with white, while many a bright bouquet, perhaps only of daisies and clover, finds its way to the little resting-place. Ben missed his playfellow sadly, and we missed their gay gambolings on the green lawn. It was soon after that Benny had an unusual and exciting experience. For my room on the third floor, a closet opened out under the sloping roof. This was unsealed, and largely without flooring. Ben was fond of going in here to hunt for mice and sparrows. He had always returned safely, so on this memorable morning I allowed him to slip in as usual. After a time I missed the slight noises in the closet and began to wonder what had happened to our Benjamin. Opening wide the door, I called him. Away, far away, I heard a faint, beseeching answer. Then I knew that he must have either fallen or crept down between the wall and the inner linings of the house. I continued to call and soon heard him a little higher up, but at the entirely opposite side of the house. 
Then I went from my room through the hall to the staircase which touched the other wall. Here he sounded quite near, but there being no opening on that side, nothing could be done. I had called Mrs. B., so we put our heads together and decided to return to the closet and renew our efforts there. At length he got back, but he had been entirely around the house, and so came to the closet from the opposite direction. This end was well boarded, but one crack was wide enough to allow a dirty little yellow paw to squeeze through, and to afford us glimpses of a large-eyed, frightened, longing face. Then we got out of his sight, so that he might go away again, and possibly come back at a wider opening. Three times he came back, at different places, looking more discouraged and pitiful each time. At last we despaired, and went for men and tools to cut him away out. But just as we reached the closet and they were tramping up the stairs, I saw a dusty yellow body, squeezing and wriggling itself out of the only opening wide enough for poor Pussy's body, and there was a glad Benny and a glad, glad family. He made love to us, and we made love to him. But he was so tired. We gave him a saucer of milk, and then, having found a patch of sunshine, he stretched himself out full length and slept and slept and slept. That was in his early youth. He is in the prime of his cathood now, a handsome, sprightly fellow and an untiring, successful hunter, one of the most brilliant ratters I've ever known. When little more than a kitten, he would tug in rat after rat for the approval of the family. He is an ardent lover of his human friends, but very sensitive to any slight or show of indifference, never dropping his love seeds in barren soil or wasting his sweetness on the desert air. Benny is my best and dearest model, a fine poser and a good art critic. He has carefully inspected a large number of the sketches which go towards filling quite a sizable box, my cat portfolio. Now for Benny's failings. He has them. How he delights in chewing and destroying the dainty little ferns which we so love to have in our windows and on our tables. He also has a mania for pins. We call him our champion pin-eater. Pin after pin is pulled from the cushion, chewed viciously, then dropped to floor or table. When the cushion has been shorn, he takes up with the scissors, daintily hooking them up with a claw, then dangling them about for a minute and dropping them. This is often repeated several times. The rattle and glitter seem to amuse him greatly. But the pin-eating habit fills us with dread, lest some time one should go wrong and become embedded in poor Benny's tender interior. He loves to roam around and around the evening lamp, first in one person's light and then in another's. He will sit down for a moment and look at one as if he thought he was conferring a special favor by excluding the light. He takes an active interest in the sewing, the games, the reading, and all that goes on around the evening light. Sometimes he is requested to move on or assisted to descend from the table. I put him to bed about nine o'clock every evening. Some old chairs are piled up in one corner of the heater cellar. The top one, which is turned bottom side up, he chose for a bed. We afterwards gave him a piece of lambskin to add to his comfort. If not called by some member of the family, he very often sleeps quite late in the morning. I usually give him a tidbit at bedtime, and he always has this on his mind during the evening. If I stir or move ever so little from the table, he has his eyes upon me and is quite ready to make for the cellar door and bed, with such a reward in view. Benny is fond of sitting in a little high chair at the dining table, and unless very hungry, does not beg for the food. 
but if a knife fork or spoon be near him and he happens to be in a playful mood there is a lively time of it for a while and usually a precipitous descent from the high chair his mistress says that she has known him to slip off with eatables that he would turn up his nose at if presented to him in an open manner this surely is a bad trait his worst i believe but fortunately it is not a settled habit a lady came to the house one day when meat was very high in price and seeing some choice bits of steak going down benny's red lane remarked surely mrs b you do not give such meat as that to the cat yes answered she what we have benny has if he wants it we must leave benny now he's probably curled up in his summer bed among the flowers when i last saw him he came hurrying to me from among the nasturtiums his yellow coat filled with their spicy odor and his face alight with love and welcome End of chapter 16 Recording by Jessica Louise